I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally. Bienvenue, Willkommen, Ohio Gazimas. Hello, <laughs> welcome. It's We Watch Anything, and we are back from our sabbatical let's call it a sabbatical where we sat with hill tribes and learned oh, the ancient art of podcasting it's been or, ages i know i've been really busy sorry man it's okay but it's been I've ages i've not liked it i've missed you and i've missed you out there in listener land too yeah yeah i've missed you too you too and and listeners too 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 you too <laughs> um yeah no we've, we've just been well i've been hellishly busy uh, i was away working and then um other work has just piled on top of me like some sort of enormous pile of carpets on top of a man in a collapsing <laughs> carpet store. Oh, that's that's what nice it's felt thing. like, though. That's a very nice thing to say, using carpets. I assumed you were about to bring out some poo or something, you know, being no. covered in piles of poo. But cars, piles of carpets, no, that's quite a nice one. It, well, it hasn't really been poo. It's been quite sort of um, heavy, mm. but cushioned. Just like a... And not the, too stinky. Oh, the feeling of being snuggled under loads of carpets. I, I know, like that. I know. It's quite exciting, although it does mean you can't get out and move or do a podcast. So we have not released anything for a month, and I actually over a month, and I do apologise for that. But if you have been feeling the absence, feel free to uh, to write us a review in the time that you uh, are not listening to the podcast. Yeah. See, see what I did there. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Now, oh, I, I'm before you. I don't know whether you're about to bring this up, Ben, but um, I had a little bit of uh, sort of any other business from last time. Oh no! Come on. Well, just last time we did, we were we had spoof movies, and um, yeah, and listeners, you don't know this. Oh uh, yeah. Ben sent me a text between that record and this record, where he sort of went, "Oh, we didn't mention Mel Brooks," and and all I was going to do is just sort of calm you down, dude. Yes, it was about spoofs. Yes, arguably we should have mentioned Mel Brooks, but I mean, in the haunted house episode, we didn't mention the haunting. You know, the most. Oh. So it, I don't feel like we have to mention like an inc- a complete rundown history of all spoofs. I agree. No. It feels like an oversight because Mel Brooks was the yeah he was the spoof man before Airplane Team came along, and he's done some really good films that were never my favourites. That's the thing. I like really? a bit of Mel Brooks, but I never loved his films. I like bits of his films. I never knew this because I do love Blazing Saddles, and I even more love Young Frankenstein. Oh, I, I definitely prefer Young Frankenstein to Blazing Saddles. But I basically Blazing Saddles is one of my touchstone comedies growing up, definitely. But yeah, Young Frankenstein is is just the sublime. I like both of them, but I just they they were never absolute favourites. But yeah, I, I I admit I'm still a bit surprised we didn't even mention him. So it does feel like an error. Yeah, but but I say again, we don't mention everything, and there were loads of other things we didn't mention. Like um, I remembered afterwards that because we were talk we were enthusing a bit about Airplane Two. Which we forgot to mention isn't by the Zazzy team at all, as in they didn't no. write it or direct it, which I always forget, but it's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah which is why it is not anywhere near as good, but just has that great gag with the door. It, it has lots of good gags in it, but yeah. it isn't anywhere near as good. And also, and uh, I remembered this the other day, this was, I couldn't believe it, we had a chance to talk about Airplane. Do you know the film Zero Hour from 1957? No. No, because it's a, it's a Dana Andrews movie, and guess what okay. the character name is that Dana Andrews plays in Zero Hour? 
He airplane. plays Ted Stryker. Does he? Yeah, and he's a pilot who during the war had a disastrous, you know, thingy where a lot of ah. his mates died, so he now has lost all the respect of his wife. And whole lines from Airplane are nicked from Zero Hour. They actually bought the rights to the script because they were using it. Wow. So, so you can go on YouTube. Like, people should search this up. People who like Airplane, you should search uh, Zero Hour Airplane and you'll find these like seven minute, ten minute YouTube clips. There's uh, like more than one. Side by side comparison. Yeah, well. where they've shown, because it's absolute word for word, but with, you know, like there's a bit when a kid comes to the front and goes, I've never been in a plane before. You know, it's that kind of line. Yeah, yeah, Except yeah. just missing the bit when he says, have you ever seen a grown man naked? You know. <laughs> so anyway, I was just going to say, there's loads of stuff we don't mention. We can't cover everything every time. So no, but I do think that was, up. that was a slip. That yeah, was a slip, and right. uh, I didn't want to undermine our credibility. No, it's too late. Little shreds of credibility <laughs> that we possess. Um, that, however, is not the. Oh well, I'd say that's not the meaning of this show. But there is, I guess, a certain potential potentiality for spoofs. It being, we're going to talk about movies that were made not in the eighties, but set in the eighties, and then you think, well, maybe you know. Spoof could creep into that a little bit. At least pastiche does, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. And I was, th- I was kind of thinking about this because I think this is a fun choice, like set in the eighties. And I, uh, but you know, basically, I was thinking afterwards, oh well, the wedding singer. That's that's that was the only uh, one I could think of. And then obviously, yeah. then I suddenly thought, wait a minute, no, there are flipping loads of really yes. good ones recently, <laughs> and it's quite a zeitgeisty thing. We set in the eighties, yeah. with it coming out, and I don't know, Super Eight, and um, have you seen it yet? No, I've not seen it yet. No, neither have I. And I'm very what I what I don't really get. To, I don't know if we talked about this last time. Is the revisionism about the original it? So um, Tim Curry was fabulous. Yes, agreed. agreed. But overall, it was pretty average, considering how <laughs> great the book is. That miniseries was pretty average. I remember being pretty disappointed, because they, they treat it very much like a pure horror, instead of really doing what Stephen King does best, which is going into the kids mm. and doing that sort of Super 8, Stranger Things, Goonies kind of thing about what it felt like to be a bunch of kids who were like 11 and 12 together hanging out. Yeah, well, it sounds like that's the exactly the thing they've done in this yeah. latest film. But no, I agree. I mean, I, I, people were talking about it like it was really good, and I just remember yeah. my my memory of it is it's basically really bad, apart from Tim Curry's really quite good, you know, yeah, genuinely that's, creepy, that's and there's some it. really good scenes in it. But it was pants. I mean, I I put it alongside things like The Stand, you know, that mini series with Molly Ringwald. Yeah, which I sort of think I enjoyed when I saw it, but no, also remember knowing it was bad. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, I know, I know exactly that I did enjoy the stand because I was drinking, and we all thought it was terrible. But I really <laughs> quite enjoyed it. And remember the bad guy, and it looked like Billy Ray Cyrus. So is, you know, it's great. Oh yeah, is it? It's Gary Sinise yeah. in that as well, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember that. Oh, I, I haven't watched it since '94 or five or something around there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. But you're, you're right. There is a sort of uh, a tumult, you say, of, of '80s set stuff now mm, just at and, the moment yeah I mean we both love The Wedding Singer and maybe that was a bit ahead of its time in some ways by doing that as it did it like it's like how old is The Wedding Singer it's like 15 years old or something. it was 95 it was about 10 years after 85 it came so out so 22 years old I know so The Wedding Singer could have kids by now I know that freaks that's me out that's terrifying I know it's absolutely terrifying yeah great film um, what, what, so you, you went looking for these movies and we, we sort of did a slightly collective look on it but I have literally no idea what you watch well I'm very glad that um, you don't because now I can tell you about it okay people right. um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I my, my film is called Race or Rice Race R A E E S. It's a Bollywood movie, and it's from 2017, right. <laughs> and it's set in the 80s. Hence, sorry, from 2017. Yeah, it's from this year. It was released this year. So straight, yeah, to, straight Netflix. to Netflix. Well, in this territory, straight to Netflix. I don't know about overseas, but yes. Yeah. And basically, it's a it's a quite a long film, two hours twenty three minutes, and it stars mm-hmm. Shah Rukh Khan. Do you know him? Oh, that's yeah. a surprise. Yeah. Yes, okay. I do. So I was going to say, do you need to do you need me to introduce him? But it'd be a bit like introducing Tom Cruise because he is basically King Khan, SRK, yeah, biggest star yeah. of them all, kind of thing. And um. Yeah, when he was filming it, so he's he's about fifty, fifty-one, his his age, and just got to say before I thought he was before just I go on, on about this film, he looks amazing in this film. There's this bit yeah. when you first sort of see him, um, where he's basically half naked, and he just looks incredible. I was really, Is yeah, really quite ripped, but in, in an understated way, you know. But it was just yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a lot like us, if you. No, exactly like you. Yeah, that's why I mentioned. Yeah, I wanted yeah. you as well. Yeah, totally ripped and understood. <laughs> it's like way. looking in the mirror. No, um, <laughs> so the film is set in the eighties in a state of India where it's a dry state where they're not allowed booze. So okay. a um, an illegal uh, industry of smuggling in booze is 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 doing very well. <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly. And it starts with the with the with the main star race as a boy. And he gets mm-hmm. into trouble at school because he can't read. He's got bad eyesight. And this is the sort of... Oh, you have these few nice scene-setting scenes where he's, he's got bad eyesight. He tries to steal some glasses. And long story short, he gets some glasses. And then he helps this local um, sort of crime lord dude. He yeah. helps smuggle some booze, you know, across some police lines by just okay. putting them in his satchel. Because, you know, his school, him and his mate are school kids. And the yeah, boss yeah. is really impressed with his ballsy, his ballsy, you know, vibe. And yeah. then... Quite it sounds like Goodfellas. Yeah, exactly. And then it's suddenly it's you know twenty years later he's a man and he's still working for the boss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you see a few more scenes with him just working for the boss, and then you realize he's he he basically he's fed up with you know just being a cog in the in this other man's business. He wants his own business. And there's okay. this particular there's this scene where he sort of says to the boss man, "Big, I want to run my own business." And the man says, fine. And it's one of those scenes where he sort of suddenly goes from seemingly really friendly and cool to suddenly quite frightening, intimidating. Right. And he says, yeah, fine, I'll lend you the money. You've got to pay me back, you know, this much in three yes. days. You've got three days or you're, you know, you're buggered. Anyway. Well, why doesn't he just not borrow the money then? <laughs> well, by then he's like, it's too late. You know, he's he oh, said okay. what he said and he's, he's now, he's got his first test, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he... Right, in a slightly bizarre twist of events, he he steal he sort of takes a valuable car from one friend, sells it to to another man for a load of goats, and then he takes the goats to a t- next town because he's going to sell the goats at a massive profit, and that's going to give him the money back real quick. But instead, when he gets to the place where he's going to sell the goats, he has a massive fight. It's quite a good fight sequence. Then the local crime lord sort of takes pity on him, partly because he sort of delivers this family saying that I'll come back to you later, and he just sort of deli- he basically. D- just lends Rice the money. Well, actually, he tries to sort of... Um, what happens to the goats? I can't remember. I think the goats just end up going... You Good question, dude. I'll have to go back. I, I will let you know in the next podcast what happens to the goats, okay? Excellent news. Anyway, he lends in the money, and it's all all right. And then you're about half an hour in by now. 
Oh, and wow. he's arrived. He's he's got his own he's got his own business. There's a sort of the first musical full on musical number because it's Bollywood, so there's a few musical numbers here and there, and you have a full on montage of smuggling booze, bootlegging happy business. You know, they'd have they, it shows people like um one of the ways of smuggling the booze is they just inject raw booze into tomatoes and then sell people tomatoes. So you see all these people getting hammered by eating tomatoes. That just, sounds brilliant. It does genuinely look quite fun. Um, and then straight after that. After, so he's made it. He so half an hour in, he is his own business. He's his own businessman now, and he, he's 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 head of his his bootlegging crew. Yeah. And then just after that, we meet the other important character, who's a police chief, who's oh. who's very serious and uncorruptible and wants to take down, um, like Elliot Ness in um, yeah yeah the Untouchables. And he is transferred to Reyes's zone. So, dun dun dun, they're going to clash. And that's that's as far as I'm going to go with plot, because um, it's uh, there's a little bit of heat in there, you know, because it's him, it's cat and mouse, it's it's race versus this this mm-hmm. this cop dude. Um, there's a love yeah. interest, and but I think you know you it just it's a full on action musico extravaganza. Wow. With a bit of seriousness, yeah. not just not just sort of camp comedy or anything. It's no, it's but it's quite got hardcore. That, yeah, it's definitely it's hard action at times. You know, it's quite violent at times. I think I saw it was a fifteen, but I'm sure in another territory it was a twelve A because the blood, the, the the violence is quite cartoonish. But I mean, just to list a few things. I mean, it, it's got a sequence that's very like a born, you know, born supremacy type mm-hmm. sequence, a rooftop chase. It's got, it's got, um, it's got every now and then just sort of surprisingly violent. Gunplay that again cartoonish, but you know, just every now and then something quite violent happens, and there's a certain amount of blood in the. It's a good solid action film in that sense. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, like I'm an intrigued. action, you know, like in action films, they quite often have. I can't think of an example now, but they kind of have you know, don't call me something or other. And in this, um, people keep calling him because he wears glasses, and and so they call him Battery. And I was like, what the hell? Why do they keep calling him Battery? But apparently that's a Hindu slang for... It's just a sort of insult. In other words, you're, you, you, you don't work on your own. It's like you don't have batteries. You need oh, a battery to work. So they basically, instead of calling you a specky twat or four eyes or whatever, yeah. they call you Battery. And he has a certain amount of don't call me Battery kind of toughness. <laughs> um, don't and, call me Battery. And yeah, so that's, that's basically the film. And... Um, in terms of my review, so when he first turned up, when it got past the right, it starts really well. I recommend starting it, whatever you, just just to, just because it's great. The little bit when the kid when they're setting the scene and you just it's just really well done. Yeah. Then when he first turned up, there's just something about it because it was in the eighties. This really isn't a very you don't feel like it's that eighties a film. Well, it's just <laughs> in it, many ways like our <laughs> cultural touchstones are not no exactly. set in India. No, exactly. So. This thing, but just he just wears a lot of open shirts and he's got quite 80s glasses and that's really okay. the biggest nod to the 80s but at first because of his open shirts he kept reminding me of the bloke who says greetings in bread do you remember him he <laughs> would <laughs> like keep coming and go greetings and you're supposed to find it really funny but yeah, um, I sort of avoided bread quite a lot oh it was terrible I hated bread but I just yeah. I saw enough of it to know that there was an unfunny bloke who occasionally said greetings anyway yes. this is really slick it's it's quite music video at times. There's lots of slow mos and montages and fast cuts and action. There's this bit when um, the police who are trying to sort of crush all the booze have this great big 
you know just a huge amount of booze and it's shot from above and then there's kind of this kind of whoosh sound and it suddenly pulls back and you realize oh it's not just a lot of booze it's lots and lots of booze and then whoosh again and it's oh no it's oh, even yeah. more booze than that and then you see a massive steamroller crushing it and stuff Woo. so it's like got loads of cinematic sort of moments like that that are quite cool yeah and, and and there's like yeah like there's a parkour type chase sequence there's a fantastic dance sequence there's crowd scenes there's there's this kind this of bond like exciting it's freaking great it's really good <laughs> it's just it's just great it's really good fun and i it's just are you it's it, i mean it reminded me of so many films it's like a mashup of born and bond and and Goodfellas and Heat and you know all mixed together with this just, is sounding brilliant Did, just, does it sustain the two hour twenty minutes no not time? quite I think there's one too many songs and you know just the songs were I mean the first song particularly the one about half an hour in I really quite liked um, but uh, other than that the songs mm. left me slightly cold but they just were really likeable leads and like and just and it was all just done with lots of imagination and cinema like there's this really cool bit when there's a you know the kite fighting you can do when you have like the sh- the string of your kites really sharp there's a really yeah, beautifully yeah. filmed like kite fighting sequence which is actually just a sort of incidental scene but they throw in a bit of kite fighting to make it more visually cool. interesting do you know what i mean yeah and it's got the bad guys were great and the cop though the the cop who really wants to take him down is fantastic i can't remember the name of the actor i have written it down so if i come across it in the notes i'll tell you but he was just great he just gave off a real sort of just had gravitas you know what i mean yeah and, um, yeah it's, i just really really wow, enjoyed this is it sounding great yeah i, I mean i'm gonna say in terms of our grade, I'm going to say B plus 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 because I just don't I don't think it's a classic. I think it is slightly throwaway, and like a, and perhaps a bit surface. And there was just something slightly uncomfortable about, you know, in Goodfellas, you know they're bad guys, yeah. but you're sort of rooting for them, but you know they're bad, and it shows that they're bad. There was something in this film where you kind of they it felt like they were glossing round the badness, if you know what I mean. He's just sort of lovable rogue, really. Yeah, yeah. But that said, that's the tiniest you know, basically I just thought it was really silly fun. Um with a few best line, worst lines. <laughs> okay, this was the worst line. There's this bit where he first sort of romances the 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 love interest of the plot. And he mm. knocks he knocks a cricket ball into a room and then wants to go and get the ball so he can talk with the beautiful woman who sits there, and she sort of says, um, and she says, "Why do you always talk in riddles?" <laughs> and he says, "What do I do when you smile? I'm lost for words. I just want to keep looking at you." And then she says, "Go on then, take me into your world." And oh. I just and I just oh, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I didn't like that bit at all, but um, but I, I forgave it. And um, best line. I suppose the only other line that I thought, yeah, best line. I suppose it's. I mean, there were loads of really quite good lines. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just. But there was one bit I particularly liked when he, it was just a really good introduction of the cop because you meet the cop and there's a kind of a silly. He takes down an illegal booze party that's going on, and he sends them all to prison. And then you see his two cop bosses basically saying, "You've got to release this person." And and he says, okay, um, you'll, I, I want the order in writing, kind of thing, you know, because he he doesn't want to be held accountable because he doesn't want to do it. If it's an order, I'll release them, but only if you put it in writing. So you, in other words, you're accountable. And it's just there's quite a good bit where he just says, the, the 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 cop, his boss says, it's an order, release them. And then he just says, my name is Jadeep Ambalat Mamjuda. Ambala is my late father. If he came down from heaven and asked me to let him go, I'd need it in writing. 
It was just quite a cool kind of da 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 kind of scene. It da, was da, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, that sounds to be like that's that's like the highest. That's like the highest mark I've seen you give. I think, isn't it? You I think I've given an A minus before. I think I have given an A minus before. Oh uh, yeah. But in short, I just really, really enjoyed it. It's lots of good fun, and I'd really recommend it. Cool, man. I reckon I might watch it. Do say that. I mean, I have, but I have watched other things you recommended before. Ha ha. So I might well watch this one too. <laughs> probably not. But no, it's probably I'm watching an awful lot of rubbish at the moment. I started watching this bizarre. I know this isn't my movie, but I started watching this Nigerian movie that turned up on Netflix the other day. Oh, oh yeah. my god, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's called Head Gone, Ooh. and it's about a group of uh, psychiatric patients who escape into the community. It's just appalling. Anyway, <laughs> that is not what I watched for this podcast. I watched um, another movie not made in um, an English-speaking country, just mm-hmm. like yours wasn't, but uh, still made in the English language. It was called Kung Fury. Okay. Now, oh, yeah. Well, I, I should remember this because I was the one that gave you Kung Fury. Yes. Did, were, were, I think we sort of discussed it a bit, but were you aware of Kung Fury before this? I, I th- Not really. Not really. I think I'd sort of heard of it in passing, but tell me about Kung Fury. Okay, so Kung Fury is something that was one of those things... There were these two movies that were both sort of um, kick-started on the back of a couple of trailers. So there was Iron Sky. I remember that one. Which is, yeah, the Nazis went to the moon and now they're coming back. Then. Yeah. And then there was Kung Fury. And they were both, they were both made... They were both. They made a trailer for both for each. You know, different directors, obviously, don't totally work independently. But um, they made a trailer, and off the back of that, got financing. So Kung Fury, uh, the director and writer and star David Sandberg, made the trailer for Five K. He's a Swedish music video and um, advertising director who oh. wanted to make movies, basically, as many do. And um, so he made this trailer. He then got it on Kickstarter, and he was initially trying to raise two hundred thousand dollars. And then he upped the target to a million to try and make a full-length feature. And he got to about 640000 or something. Mm, not bad. Um, so I think he... I, I'm not sure how Kickstarter works, whether if you don't actually do it, you'll totally have to give it back or what. But he did make what he made. I think I think that is how it works. I think it doesn't... Yeah. yeah. I think they don't sort of... It doesn't... They don't... They don't take the money off the people that have pledged the money unless it reaches its target. Yeah. So maybe you went back to them and then said, yeah. oh, well, can I have that? Because I know there were sort of like 10 investors in the end on this movie. Right. Um, and so that's how this was born, basically. And it is very much, as the name suggests, a kung fu thing set in the 80s. And what it does is it, it's very, you know, it's, it's very self-aware. And it goes back over the tropes and things. Now, I do have a small confession about this before I start to tell you about the movie and the plot. Okay. What's the confession? I don't like the sound of this at all. Well, it is only 30 minutes long. Oh my God, is it? <laughs> I didn't know this. I didn't even know this when I started watching it. It's just when it finished after 30 minutes. And I, I went, don't believe it. I watched two and a half oh. hours of Bollywood 80s fun. <laughs> yes, so it balances out. But actually, to really balance this out, I watched it three times. Okay. <laughs> wow. Because wow. um, uh, I, I wanted to get a flavour of it. Anyway, I'll let me... Let me let yeah, me, go. Let me go. Um, so, essentially, it starts with a video game machine. It starts. It's very. It's, it's so pastiche. It's, it's very. It's very graded. Sort of like an eighties old VHS that you found behind the sofa and stuck in, kind of thing. And they've got lots of you know, little scratches and things. There's even a point in the opening section where, um, like, the adjust tracking 
(laughs) thing comes up and for our listeners who don't didn't grow up with vhs's and or didn't grow up with old vhs's or Betamaxes, tracking was this um, sort of knob you had to twiddle when it started to lose the picture and get all fuzzed out. Um, and so that's quite funny. Um, but yeah, so it, it's in the city, it's in LA or Miami or one of the two. Brilliant. And um, there's some kids in a video arcade and they flip the machine off because they lose and the machine flips them off back. And then in a rather great bit of special effect, turns f- like like a transformer it turns from an old school 80s arcade machine into a massive killing robot oh cool um, and starts to kill everybody oh wow and well actually kill or just beat up no no actually kill oh right um, oh, good. I mean bad. and then and then they're kind of like send for Kung Fury and it cuts <laughs> to Kung Fury in bed with so, on the sofa with some girl and uh, he rather brilliantly dives out of the window so basically says I have to go. It's my job, and jumps out of the window. He's got like a bandana on, and as he's as he's falling from his apartment on like the tenth floor, he's shooting downwards, which activates his sports car, and he like lands in his sports car and speeds along and beats up the robot. Um, then you get a bit of backstory about how he became Kung Fury. Okay. Um, and then so he this goes. This is an to origin spe- story, is it? No, well, only for about two minutes, and then he goes to see his shouty police lieutenant, who tries to team up with a new partner. Oh, I love shouty police lieutenants. Yeah, and then um, the shouty police lieutenant gets killed by Adolf Hitler. What? And yes, I don't. Sorry, back up. So this is set in the eighties. Is it an old yes. Adolf Hitler, or is it sort of like a weird time traveling Adolf Hitler, or is it just not? Explained? It's a time traveling Adolf Hitler because oh, he it? is the kung. He's the Kung Fuhrer. <laughs> okay, I'm sold. Keep going. And he's travelled through time and in a slightly odd move kills the police cap- or police lieutenant down the phone with a gun. Oh, wow. Um, uh, and, uh, and then, basically, he gets a hacker. Kung Fury gets a hacker. Do you mean as in the sort of pre-rugby New Zealand thing or a hacker as yes, in someone no. who... Yes, <laughs> as no. In, as in a guy in a shell suit with a computer. Oh, I see. Um, One of them. Who did who says he can hack him back through time to fight Hitler. <laughs> so he sends him back in time to go and fight the Kung Fuhrer. But he sends him too far and he ends up in a sort of Norse kind of time with dinosaurs um, and then goes back it backwards again and there's a sort of fight with, with Hitler and then it ends up once again in the 80s. So it's, it's, it's very much from the 80s. So it's set in the 80s apart from when it's time travelling. The clothes are very 80s, the music's very 80s and the st- you know the styling of it all is very 80s. Yeah. And it is it's obviously, you know, it's revelling in so many tropes and there is the transformer thing. There's some there's, it, at one point he goes to heaven and the animation is exactly like the Dungeons and Dragons ride kind of animation. Yeah, yeah. It's very much that sort of 80s kids animation. Um and there are yeah, dinosaurs and uh, you know in uh in the 90s, you may not... I can't remember if you sort of went there. You probably didn't. But there were like those those sort of video games like Phantasmagoria and stuff that were sort of adventure games and they were they relied on a lot of video. I remember being aware of them, but no, I didn't. I, I was too busy trying to get enough money so I could go to the arcade and play Gauntlet. Right, well, okay, this this has a feeling of one of those games. Yeah. Not Gauntlet, but Gauntlet would be right at home yeah. in this. It's definitely in that, that wheelhouse. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what happens entirely because... Partly because it's thirty minutes long, and if I if I told you everything, I was going to just... say surely the bit when he goes back in time to go and do Kung Fuhrer, we must be getting yeah. towards the climax, aren't we? No, no, that's about ten minutes in. Oh, oh, right. He okay. hacks him back about ten minutes in, then he spends ten minutes, fifteen minutes, sort of getting 
That's amazing. Through time, I mean, you'd think having that, a great fight that going back in time to kill Hitler would be the climax of any film. So it's quite yeah, no, no, that's, that's just the that's just the beginning. <laughs> well, only a third. Well, he stands of the way on a computer keyboard and uses that to sort of navigate through time. Um, <laughs> so the fir- the first time I watched this, I did not like it. I'm not going to oh. lie, and I didn't like it for. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like it because it felt so obvious. It felt so like you're really hitting these tropes and I can see this coming, although there's some things you definitely can't see coming. And, but it's also, it just felt a bit too, it felt a bit too sitting in a cafe in Shoreditch, eating cereal, you know, in a, in a hipster, mm. in a hipster cafe and just being all like, wow. Yeah. It's so totally eighties, man. It's wow. It's so eighties. Um, and then I watched it again and I kind of went with it and just went, yeah, I quite like it actually. And then, so I had to watch it again the third time to go, which one of these two is actually what I think about it? Yeah. And the third time, it cemented the second time. Oh, if good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I actually went, no, I really kind of enjoyed this. Uh, I would have enjoyed it more had it been us in the 90s yeah. at uni mashed on a sofa somewhere watching it and then it probably would have been the, the greatest thing we've <laughs> ever seen but um it's yeah it, it's definitely sort of total student fare of just of of being off your box and find entertaining but also it is our generation because the stuff in there you so you know everything you all these little tiny um things in there you it, it hits at the tropes and there's a bit when his his car is like run by David Hasselhoff, which is a bit of an obvious one, but at the same time, was it actually David Hasselhoff? Well, it's like a it's a, it's a picture cut out of David Hasselhoff. Oh, I see. Kind of thing. Yeah, speaking yeah, okay. like Kit, but the references. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, and the, but just there's visually loads of references. But I think what really made me warm to it um, is because there's a, there's a couple of gags in there which are really good, and they're not they're not gags just made by a hipster dick, right? Yeah. I think they're actually there's some properly good comedy. There's one of my there's one of the best delivered knock-knock jokes ever in it, which sounds so bizarre, but it's true. And there is one... So I'm going to go straight in and just hit up the best line, worst line now. Oh, good, good. Yes, best line, worst line. Go. There are two options for best line, and one of them wow. I'm not even going to say. Because it actually, it's this brilliant little dialogue, and that's when I st- this is when I really started to sort of give it a little bit of love. Is there's this great dialogue between two Nazi soldiers um, taking the piss out of one of them's moustache, and he just keeps insisting it's a very Aryan moustache, and it's really funny. It's properly just big cracked smile, very very funny. Um, and he's just it's, it's like two kids in the playground and he's just taking he's got a shit moustache <laughs> um, but the other contender for best line is before I could pull the trigger I was hit by lightning and bitten by a cobra <laughs> and it's just that sort of level of ridiculousness that's how he becomes Kung oh uh, right is that, is that his, his he gets he gets simultaneously story. struck by lightning and bitten by a cobra wow. um, and it's it's got that sort of level of silliness, and you start. To, and I I realised that actually, I was quite happy going with it, and quite mm. happy like it. There, I mean, just to give you another idea. Oh, sorry, worst line. There is only one sort of real misstepy worst line in there, which actually, and I and I'm putting this as worst line because 
it's it felt a bit anachronistic. Right. And he's talking to this character, and the character says, check out my pecs. And he goes, your pecs are epic. Mm. And he goes, thanks, bro. Yeah, they wouldn't have said it, pecs are epic back then, would they? Yeah, well, thanks, bro. It just didn't... Yeah. It felt like he was talking to a Kiwi. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like an 80s exchange. No. No, I, I, um, I can't imagine anyone saying your pecs are epic or bro, but particularly pecs yeah. are epic for me. It's the pecs are epic bit yeah. that's, that's doing yeah, it epics. I'm sure epic was much more of a like a naughties thing than a yeah definitely I think yeah but just to give you if, if this doesn't give you enough of a flavour I did I, I, I did um, there's a couple of things I wanted just to say just, just just if you're on the fence wavering I recommend this I, I it's a it's a C plus from me C plus because it's it's 30 minutes it's great fun it's a bit silly mm. um, the moustache exchange for me is a B Everything else is a C plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are still on the uh, on the fence, I would urge you to to take these words under advisement. And if they if they work with you, then then watch it. Triceracop, <laughs> laser raptors, and then there's a sequence where he's flying through the air on a helicopter made from an arm and a gun. Now that is all you need to know about this movie. Wowzers! Well, I, I mean, it's also, dude. This is this is a momentous occasion in in another way that you've not thought of. This is in ways our first sort of short film. It sort of is, really. We've and never this gone this short going before. For it. This you is our what? shortest film to date, and I think that deserves some kind of special fanfare that I shall Ooh. work on now. No, but, it's all right. Okay, <laughs> go. <laughs> Frankly, it's thirty minutes. What have you got to lose? Exactly, I'm definitely going to watch this. I get the impression you you were just being polite about my my Bollywood epic, but I'm definitely actually am going to watch this. This sounds really fun and very silly, and I I'd and be I'm really intrigued to know what the I, 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 you've you've definitely intrigued me with the knock knock joke. I want to hear about that. Uh, it was it was his delivery on that that I that I really liked, mm. and it was. Um, and the moustache exchange. I really want you to see the moustache exchange. Sorry, just a, a tiny bit of of back because you really made me giggle when you described some of the the, the few. Well, no, you you quite liked um, Scary Movie Three last time, but I looked went on YouTube and looked up the bit with the expanding hat <laughs> and really laughed. See, that still makes me laugh. Yeah, that's a really funny joke. So <laughs> I think I think this is your skill, dude. You're very good at describing movie jokes and making me giggle. I don't I don't know whether I'm as good in, in return. Why do I get paid it. for doing that? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you'd be the the the, the movie jokeman or something. The movie joke descriptionator. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, relatively short review, relatively short film. See it. You got nothing to lose, and you you will laugh. I can understand if you get a bit annoyed about it being a bit arch, mm. but uh, it's you know, give it another go. Yeah, sounds it sounds awesome, and yeah, yeah. You say you were very quick with your review, but I would point out that your review took up you know quite a lot of the runtime of the film you were review- reviewing. <laughs> That's entirely true. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, in fact, right, I'm so winning. My percentage of running time of my film the review ratio was much better. Yes, you're you you one now. This this episode's Ratio Wars won by John O'Scott. <laughs> ratio Wars. There's a podcast waiting to happen. I'll um, just note that down in my podcast. <laughs> in my podcast ideas pad. Um Yes. Yeah, so, oh, and, and sorry, just as a as a uh, coda to that, the, he is now in development on a full length one with uh, oh, really? Hollywood Studio. Okay. Yeah. Oh well that I mean that that's also, you know, because Evil Dead it's, 
Well, it was it was it was originally made from on the back of what was it called? A sort of short, much shorter, into the woods or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so maybe he's about to make an Evil Dead equivalent or something. Although Evil Dead itself was made with, um, you know. Uh, contributions from family friends and yeah. things like that. Well, exactly, but I mean, but they raised some finance from a f- earlier short, yeah. even shorter version, didn't they? Because that's the weird yes. thing. Because they made that, then they made Evil Dead, then they made Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, which was kind of like Evil Dead One. Yeah, and then Army of Darkness. No. Um, so shall we move our on? combo movie? Yes. Now I'm going to introduce our combo movie because I happen to know the title, and I know for a fact that you don't know the title of this. Third I'm film. looking at the title; it's amazing. I, I've got it on, on screen in front of me, so oh, I wow. didn't forget it. <laughs> I, but I did have to write it down because I couldn't remember. <laughs> well, I actually did keep forgetting it myself. But it's hysteria, and I yes, kept thinking it, it was like hysterical or something with an exclamation mark. But it's not. It's no, hysteria. No, it's hysteria from 2011. 2011, and we've done something rather annoyingly clever and fun, haven't we, Ben? Oh yes, we have. Because. <laughs> because we said that we had to do films that were set in the 80s, but this one is a period drama set in the 1880s. Oh, Aren't we clever? That was quite annoying. Um, yeah, it's it a, is quite annoying. It is a, it's a British period romantic comedy, and it's set in the 1880s, and I'm sorry about that. I did genuinely. I spent ages looking on Netflix for things set in the <laughs> 80s. I really did. And I just wasn't finding anything. And, um, yeah, apart from no, the things that we already found. So, but I thought, listeners, I am sorry, but... We did think this was kind of fun. And, well, because the basic well, premise of it is, we can just go for the thing that, that swung you on it. Yeah, oh, is yeah. that it's about the invention of the vibrator. Exactly, exactly. And it just sounded like right a period drama. We like period dramas. Romantic comedy. We like romantic well, comedies. Vibrators. We like. Yeah, it just well, seemed like an interesting you know, trio of things to put together. And it was yeah. set in the eighteen eighties. So, um, so summary. Shall we? Shall I start talking about it? You can do, yeah. You can go for it, but I think we, I think it's a it's a relatively simple summary for this movie. Yeah, I know, I agree. I mean, basically, it's um, it's all it's, there's this doctor, and and he's a progressive doctor who rails against you know the sort of antiquated methods of his contemporaries, and yeah. we see him right at the beginning get fired because of his you know an old his belief that germs exist. Yeah, exactly. An old school doctor says, "Get out," and um, then he's down on his luck. And you see him get miss not get a whole load of jobs, and then he goes to the practice of Jonathan Price, who's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Price, it turns out, essentially only really administers ladies, who are he administers one form of treatment, one form of treatment to ladies with hysteria. Now, hysteria yes. it takes its title from hysteria, which was the sort of catch-all diagnosis. That was put to all women, <laughs> for you know, yeah. which is now you know obviously poo pooed. But so basically, what Jonathan Price does is that a woman who is stressed, depressed, or whatever, just has hysteria, will come into his 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 place and be. Um, it says pelvic manipulation. Yeah, beaten off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> will have will be manipulated until they. <laughs> Um, of course, back then they didn't believe in the orgasm, so it was called something else, didn't they? They called it like the, a paroxysm or something, didn't they? And um, I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Sorry, dude. So, you basically, go for Hugh Dancy comes along. Yes, he joins Jonathan Price's um, practice. Yes, he is um, very uh, uh, adept at administering pelvic manipulation to the to the ladies. Yes, he then develops RSI. Yes, and uh, and and then. Um, we should just quickly mention that Jonathan Price has a daughter. Well, he has two daughters. Well, we'll 
I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. Go, go, go. Keep going. I was going to say, he then, he develops RSI, and with his best friend, who's a luge inventor, yeah. invents a vibrator. He does. Essentially. As a side plot, Jonathan Price has two daughters, one of whom is a sort of meek phrenologist. Yeah. And the other, played by... Um, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. And the other, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, is a um, sort of firebrandy reactionary type who uh, is uh, a sort of bit of an outcast in the family because she likes to help poor people yeah and she's a bit of a a, a suffragette type person would be a, yes. yeah yeah and he independently gets minded engaged. and fiery and he gets engaged yeah. to Felicity Jones mm-hmm. and everything seems to be going great until but. yeah until he starts getting the RSI he essentially gets fired and that's what leads to the his loose inventor friend Yes, but also his his relationship with Maggie Gyllenhaal progresses because yeah. obviously she's a much more interesting character. Yeah, that's it, really, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, that's the thing. I had other things that I was going to mention, but I thought too that that's the that's the place to because the plot just goes in. It develops in ways you, relatively unexpected, should we say? But uh, nothing too, you know. That's enough setup, isn't it? It's yes. a period drama, and it's got a tone of a sort of romantic comedy. Um, yep, and it's sort of actually the two sisters side of and the a plot. little bit, a little bit of a farce in a strange way. Yeah, got a slightly carry onish vibe because obviously it's yes. it's 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 about the invention of vibrators and it's got loads of women being um, manipulated. Manipulated. So there's a definitely sort of bawdy, sniggering sort of undertone to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't quite work out where you are on this movie yet. I'll tell you in a minute. I'm just going to go another bit of fact Oh yeah, fact Go. Directed by Tanya Wexler. Oh, yes. Who is Daryl Hannah's half-sister, interestingly enough. Wow. I, I didn't know that. That hadn't, oh, that, yeah. that hadn't turned up on my radar at all. Mm. Well done, dude. Another good bit right. of research. You are on fire. <sighs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, essentially, the undercurrent of it is, you know, there's, there's supposed to be a sort of an emancipation undercurrent mm. to the whole thing with Maggie Gyllenhaal being the strong character and it being about the sort of Victorian oppression of the women's sexual needs and then then being sort of fulfilled in a not back alley but in a in a roundabout way yes i guess is sort of the theme of it yeah 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 so what did you think of it i really quite enjoyed it really yeah yeah i thought it was absolutely preposterous in some ways but i really quite enjoyed it yeah oh cool yeah you know how you want us to disagree yes I hated every tiny second of this movie. I knew you were going to hate this one. I was watching it thinking, Ben's going to loathe this. I hated, hated, hated it. I hated this almost the most out of anything we've watched for this podcast. Wow. What, even more? Wow, I didn't expect you to hate it. I expected you to hate it. I've got it down in my notes. I bet Ben hates this. Oh, it was so awful. It was so twee. It was so American during fake England. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And it was so stagey. Like, every time he walked out of the door, you could just about hear the second AD go, and background artists, action! Because <laughs> uh, they're just... Three people would walk past him. Or, like, a, a, a horse and cart would go past with, like, a um, a, a, a sort of... Uh, you know, an advertising slogan on the side that directly related to a conversation he had just had. Yeah. And everything about it was stagey and awful. And it had people in it I like. It had Rupert Everett in it, who I like, although he is destined to always play the best friend. Well, I must and- admit, though, Rupert Everett, because I love Rupert Everett, 
he, he was he wasn't great in this. No, he I was. Like I thought he was terrible in this, and I yeah. and, he, and I was really he, pleased because when I saw, that's the thing when I saw the cast, I thought I didn't know who Hugh Dancy was. I must admit, he's the main. He's in other stuff. Yeah, well, I, I, I recognise him. Yeah, but, but yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, I like Jonathan Price. Yeah. I quite like Felicity Jones. Mm-hmm. I like. It's got like um, yeah. Sheridan Smith is there as an ex. As, as Sheridan a Smith part. is one of those people who I don't like but do like. Yeah, I kind of, like, I know what you mean. She, she's really good. I can't. I find her kind of sort of annoying, but at the same time really compelling, and I actually do really like her. I yeah. Think. I thought the weakest thing about it, in a way, was Hugh Dancy, Dancy, however you say his name, just because I found him... a complete lack of charisma. Yeah, he just has no charisma, so he was just the biggest wet blanket in it. But for me, yes. it was made up for, because I quite like... Jonathan, the, the performance of Jonathan Price, I thought, was pretty good. I yeah, thought Felicity good, Jones, she had a slightly boring character, but I thought she was yes. pretty good. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal, or Gyllenhaal... I found there was just you know like it's so ridiculous when you have a a film that's set in the past and you have someone who's so obviously presenting a very modern you know view of the world kind of thing and there was loads of that and I was going oh that is such twaddle no one would speak like that (laughs) yes but she has my worst line oh god by a very long chalk but did you think did you notice that I thought her English accent was very good but did you notice I think it clicked with me halfway through that I think she had worked on her English accent by watching tapes and tapes and tapes of Emma Thompson because she sounded exactly like Emma Thompson I didn't notice that but yeah I almost want to go back and and uh, yeah I go mean, back and have a listen I know what you mean I mean basically like I definitely notice when some actors and actresses or whatever are doing English accents but I didn't I just sort of forgot who she was you know I oh, thought I agree. she I th- did a good enough job the only thing as I say is that I felt like some of her lines were so you know they're so obviously written now so trying to bad. sort of trying to sort of think the but, script is so bad yeah I, did, I, I didn't mind it I think I just I think obviously I got off on the right foot or yeah sense with this film because I just kept forgiving because I, I know exactly what you mean Clunk in places. I thought it was absolutely absurd. I but I just I just kind of just found myself enjoying it, and it, it was funny because I'd get to the end of a scene and kind of go, "Yeah, that was quite bad." I still care about what happens next, and even like Rupert Everett, I was watching him going, "I'm really not enjoying your performance," but still enjoying it. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, I mean, I'm definitely in in sort of sea territory for this, as in I wouldn't necessarily. I definitely don't. Nowhere near. I wouldn't even dream of giving it a B because it does seem to mm. me a C grade film. If you gave I it a B, it. I might have to stop doing this podcast. <laughs> I might give it an A then, just to test you. <sighs> but no, I did think. I think as well that like, um, I by the end of it, oh, I just think uh, for me, if you put all the scenes together, there are a couple of scenes that I thought they did quite well. But I know exactly what you mean about the staging. See, definitely. for me. If you put all the scenes together, chuck them down the bottom of a pit, <laughs> pour in tar, seal it over, and then put a sign around it saying, don't go here, that would be the best thing you could do for this. For me, it's a D minus. Okay, it's not It's not so bad it's an E, because there are competent actors doing a competent job in this, mm. and I like some of them on the screen. But it's just, it was just, it just got right under my skin. Yeah. It's just this awful American pastiche of England. It might as well have had Dick Van Dyke going, Cor, blimey, Gaffner, <laughs> we're in London town. Oh, wow. And it was just, yeah. Every, didn't you think everything looked like a set, though? It looked like freshly painted plyboard, everything. I didn't the, the notice that felt, so much. But I'm... The walls of her like, orphanage place, whatever it was she ran around, just looked like a soundstage so much. I didn't, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. No, I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I just, I, yeah. I think, I, actually, I thought about why I probably, why, why, why I got off on a good 
foot for me. Foot, foot, step. God, why it's sort either of, one is that. Um, uh, have you seen the film Holiday, as in the 1930s one with Cary Grant? Because no, I haven't. It's a really, really good film, and I'll just, just in brief, it starts with him. He's come back from a holiday and had a whirlwind, whirlwind romance, and it's with this, this really posh sister. Yeah. But um, Catherine Hepburn plays the other sister, who's oh. and just during the course of the film. It's all about the sort of relationship. I think the two sisters sort of reminded me of that film, and I really love that film. So it kind of how had... much would I rather be watching a Cary Grant Catherine Hepburn <laughs> movie? You really should. Oh. Watch. Honestly, Holiday is is fantastic. I mean, it was it was a successful film at the time, but it's not necessarily mm. as remembered as some of his other ones from that time. And it's just did it fantastic. inspire the Madonna song? Or... I don't know actually. I don't know, but it's fantastic. Sorry, it was a silly joke, wasn't it, about the Madonna song? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> you do that quite seriously. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I'll check that up. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but so I think that might be partly why I kind of got off on a good sort of whatever with this. But and as well, to be honest, I don't normally like Jonathan Price. I'm quite he's what the kind of actor I'm quite often I find. Like, he's quite acty. Yeah, he's quite actingy. But I, I mean, I, it was <laughs> he's the main thing I, I hate in that second Piers Brosnan Bond movie. He's the bad guy. Do you remember? He's oh, awful. Oh God, he is. He's such an awful. <laughs> I'm a media magnate. Okay, we are you, dude? I want to know about your best line, worst line. Oh, well, I don't have a best line because there's not. I don't think there was a line I liked in the whole thing. But my worst line is this sort of throwaway thing that Maggie Gyllenhaal says, which is like, "By the time I'm gone, women will have the vote, equal education, and rights over their own bodies." It's like, oh my god, could you be more stagey and poorly written and prescient? And it's just yeah. no one would ever say this. I know, I know. That's like, but that's a classic example of that. I was just listening to that go. This is pants, but I'm still quite enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just got, I just got the first half. Um, well, I've got a, a, well, I've, I've, I know, I haven't got a best line or a worst line because, um, just because the, the best lines, as I would call them, weren't weren't good enough to be best lines. But uh, so my best line is a direct quote because this is based the the um, our main man Hugh Dancy mm. plays a character called. Um, Montague Granville is it or something like that something like that it's based yeah. on a real man and yeah. in 1883 uh, Montague Granville wrote a book called um, Nerve Vibration and Excitation as Agents in the Treatment of Functional Disorder and Organic Disease oh yeah that's a classic yeah. book. <laughs> anyway I just uh, this this actually comes up in Wikipedia so you read that as research I just went through it and did some I wanted to see I did actually sort of download it because you can get it free from archive <laughs> downloaded it and then did word searching because I wanted to see if he said anything interesting but basically in it he just sort of says because the interesting thing about this film is that the bloke he did invent this vibrator but he used it for treating all kinds of other things, you know, pain and, and certain disease. Yes. He did not use it on ladies and he hated no. that it became associated with ladies. And there's this bit in the, in the book where he writes, I have avoided and shall continue to avoid the treatment of women by percussion simply because I do not want to be hoodwinked and help to mislead others by the vagaries of the hysterical state. And I just loved that kind of, I can just that's imagine very, him That's writing very that. awesome. <laughs> well, I'm really glad we've we, I mean, we've disagreed quite a lot about this film for us, which is great because we've not yeah. disagreed properly since that terrible ghost thing that oh, you like. I mean, the good movie. <laughs> it's <terrible. laughs> so it's nice to disagree again, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, I want our listeners to go out and watch this, but um, I suspect quite a lot of them will actually side with you. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. Mm. Possibly, they may not hate it as much as I did. People, I, I was just wondering. I thought maybe you would be very sort of like slightly disinterested in this would be a Met movie so I'm glad that you had a reaction to it and I'm glad that you liked it even though you're wrong yeah no I definitely did enjoy watching it definitely not I'm not intending to watch it again um, but yeah I'd be interested to know what everyone else thinks but yeah I mean, similarly I'm, I'm surprised you hated it quite as much as you did yeah. but just as your enthusiasm can make me go and watch a film so your negativity can rub off on me and it'd be interesting to see it'd be interesting to see actually if I watch the first 10 minutes again whether I st- if I really notice the staginess more yeah. and whether it starts getting under my skin more. But I don't know. I feel like I was quite aware of the staginess and didn't really yeah, no, mind go, it. Go with it. Go with it. Yeah. Just embrace your uh, embrace your love of bad <laughs> All right. So that is this week done and buried. The 80s have been sent back to the 1880s, the 1980s and uh, the prehistoric era and Hitler. Um, next time around, mm. I think we should do... Uh, something we haven't done yet, we should go into the um, world of animation. What do you think? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, why not? Good, good call. You used to be very anti-animation. I know, I've, 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 uh, yeah, not... Uh, well, not anti, but not you anti, certainly were disinterested. You, yeah, you were disinterested. But I've actually been sort of, I've been, you know, I've been growing in my appreciation of it. And uh, I'd just say bring on some more. Mm. Okay, well, that's fine with me, dude. What, any kind of era? Modernish? Or were you, would you go Don't classic cartoons, know. or would you think more computer generated e type? In many ways, I haven't thought that deeply about <laughs> it yet. But one thing it is for certain, I will soon. Good. Okay. And then we will watch the movies, and we'll let you know what our combo film is, so you can play along at home. Ah. And we will then talk about them. I think uh, I can't say more than that right now because I honestly haven't thought about it that much. <laughs> but until that time comes Mm -hmm. you can amuse yourself by listening to one of the fine podcasts uh, in the uh, varied selection from the Britpod scene or by looking through Netflix and seeing if there's a movie or a genre that you'd like us to cover and letting us know via the magic of Twitter yeah just tweet it out the old school magic of Gmail just tell us or the slightly nebulous magic of Facebook probably use Twitter it's the one I listen to slash watch. Or I don't know what you do with Twitter. You, I don't think you listen um, to it or watch monitor. it. Really, do you? Monitor. 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 That's the word. Yeah, that's it's the one better. I monitor the most. Yeah. So yeah, get in touch. And if you're really bored, go to iTunes or whatever sort of portal you use and see if you can leave us some, some kind of review saying that you like the show, unless you hate the show, and then probably just steer clear of doing that. Um, <laughs> thanks. It's been really nice to be back with you. I'm sorry it's been so long. Yeah. But thanks. Thanks for having us in your ears. Yeah, I've really enjoyed being back in your ears. Yeah, we'll be there again soon. Oh, that sounds very really weird. That. I don't like that. <laughs> no. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, Thanks for listening. See you later, Jono. Yeah, Bye. see you, dude. Bye. Bye. Bye.